I am the Lord their God who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land and left none of them captive any longer. And then he says in verse 29, I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. The Bible predicts a massive invasion of Israel as the return of Christ draws near. Hi everybody, welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thanks for joining us. Today we're continuing the series, Israel, God's Timepiece. You know, the Bible is crystal clear that one day the land of Israel will experience a massive attack from a coalition of nations that will require the direct intervention of God to save them. And as we're going to see in our message, Scripture even identifies these nations, many of which are rabidly anti-Israel today. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share this exciting and informative message, The Coming Invasion of Israel. I want to look again at the coming invasion of Israel because this is front burner stuff. This is what is happening in our world right in front of our eyes. Now, if you were here last time, you saw uh, with me that Israel is indeed the geographical location around which Bible prophecy revolves. It's Israel. Israel is the center of the world when it comes to Bible prophecy. Israel is God's prophetic timepiece. Whatever is happening in Israel, you can bet fits right in to the epicenter of what God is doing in the earth. It's the central focal point of end-time prophecy, Israel is. Now, as the time of Christ's return draws near, mark it down. More and more of the attention of the world is going to be on this tiny piece of real estate called Israel. Smaller than New Jersey. Isn't that amazing? Yet Israel is the apple of God's eye. That's why it says, bless Jerusalem. So we return east towards Jerusalem and bless it. That'd be biblical. All right? Now, consider the uncanny fact with me that just as, as Ezekiel and other Bible prophets predicted, and I'm going to read some of that prediction in just a moment, the very nations that will turn against Israel in the last days, according to Ezekiel and others, have all fallen into line today. It is amazing. Now, keep in mind, Ezekiel prophesied centuries before Christ. Before Christ. So you go back 2,100 years to Christ, Ezekiel was centuries before that. Say 2,400 years. And yet, he was able to predict nations that would exist, what their attitude toward Israel would be, and what their final act against Israel would be. Here they are. Ezekiel pointed out Iran, Iraq, Russia, Turkey, and others that are rabidly anti-Semitic and anti-Israel 
today. Folks, can you believe that in Europe where the Holocaust happened, we're having a rise of anti-Semitism again? You would think they would hang their heads in shame for the rest of eternity for what happened in the Holocaust, but no, anti-Semitism is raising its ugly head again in Europe right now. And dare I say, also in America and in Washington. Iran, a major player in Ezekiel's prophecy about a major attack on Israel, they have vowed to wipe Israel off the map over and over again. They've made their intentions clear. And that's exactly what Ezekiel predicted their mentality and their attitude and their intent would be. He predicted that. Ezekiel predicted, quote, now here's Ezekiel 38. After many days you will be visited. Now he's speaking to Gog and Magog, which are to the uttermost part of the world, which can only be Russia. All Bible scholars agree this is Russia. In the latter years, you, Russia, will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, and that would be the Israeli people when they became a nation again in 1948. Are you with me? He said, you, Russia, are going to come against the land that has been brought back, the people that have been brought back, which had long been desolate. That's the Jewish people. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You, Russia, will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud. You and all your troops and many peoples with you. This will be a confederacy of nations, many peoples with them. In review from last time, those many peoples are identified as, first, Russia, Gog and Magog, then Iran, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Now that's ancient Persia. When he says Persia, that ancient Persian landmass today comprises Iran, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Also Ethiopia, which is today's Ethiopia, the Sudan, Libya, Eastern Europe, Germany, and Turkey, and many others, says Ezekiel. As we shared last time, America is not to be found in this prophecy, or indeed in any prophecy about the last days. Unless you want to say that America is the Babylon found in John's Revelation, which some believe. You know, folks, I wondered about this for a long time. Because I started studying this when I was in my early 20s. And I remember thinking, how is it that a nation as great as America is nowhere in end-time prophecy? How could that be? I mean, greatest nation, most prosperous nation that has ever existed there has never been a nation like America in the history of the world. Not Rome, not Greece, not Egypt, none. But it's not there in end-time prophecy. So either America has been so diminished by the time this happens that it's not a factor, or America is so anti-Israel she chooses not to help her. But the thing about Ezekiel 38 is this. It is that no nation on the whole earth lifts up its voice on behalf of Israel when this confederate, huge, combined army attacks them. Sadly, what's not found in Ezekiel's prophecy is any nation in the entire world stands with her. They are protected by God alone. Now, 
If I had read this to you 20 years ago, you would have said, oh, no, 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 Jeff, that's not right, because America will surely stand with them, and a couple of the Western nations will. But watch with me now. If you read the news at all, you're keenly aware that there is a growing anti-Israel sentiment in virtually every nation in the world. Let's read about how God himself is going to stand up for Israel when no other nation does, when you're going to have this little tiny dot of real estate on the world map surrounded by enemy nations with mighty Russia coming down, leading the pack, coming against this little bitty land, and yet they're going to fail. Watch this. It will come to pass at the same time when Gog comes against the land of Israel. That's Russia. When God comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, my fury will show in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. So the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all men who are on the face of the earth will shake at my presence. In other words, when they come against Israel, there's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on. All right? Literally. You know, God does answer with earthquakes. When Jesus died, there was an earthquake. When he rose from the dead, there was an earthquake. And all those that were sleeping in the tombs, because of the earthquake, they were shaken out of their tombs and they were resurrected and walked around the city of Jerusalem. God speaks and answers through acts of nature in the Bible. And it's going to happen here. There's going to be a great earthquake. The mountains will be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. Not a wall will be left standing after this earthquake. And look what God says. I will call for a sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother, and I will bring him to judgment. This is the Lord God, the one we just worshipped. I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him, on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with him, catch this, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. Now, this is not archaic Old Testament language. He's not speaking metaphorically. He says, it's going to be flooding rain, great hailstones, fire, and brimstone are going to fall down upon this confederacy of nations that have come against my land. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Now look, and this is me, I wrote this, I'm just conjecturing. But if I'm a man living centuries before Christ, and the only military-type weaponry I know of is bows and arrows and maybe catapults and spears and shields and so on, how do I describe a vision that I have of a nuclear blast? How do I describe it? Because I'm an ancient dude here, and I'm seeing something. So how do I describe it? I say this. I say, I saw flooding rain. I saw great hailstones. I saw fire. I saw brimstone. Like the eruption of a volcano. But there's not any there. What Ezekiel describes will either be the direct judgment of God, like when he rained down fire and brimstone on the twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, or he is describing a nuclear blast, ladies and gentlemen. 
I believe it's the latter. And I'm going to tell you why. Zechariah describes the same thing, but he's even more vivid. And I got to tell you, this is one of the hardest parts of the Bible to read because it is gross. But I'm going to read it. This shall be the plague with which the Lord will smite all the people that have done what, everybody? Fought Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand on their feet. Their eyes shall consume away in their holes. Their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. Whoa. Goes without saying, this never happened in Bible times, never. Even Sodom and Gomorrah, this didn't happen. They were completely vaporized when God judged the Twin Cities as an example to all of us of what he thought about homosexuality. That's what Peter said. Now, it is what something nuclear can do. The destruction is so instantaneous. Catch this. This is Zachariah's vision. The destruction is so instantaneous that their eyes, tongue, and flesh are burned away before the body has a chance to hit the ground. That's nuclear, in my opinion. Now, I can't say that for sure because I don't know for sure. But boy, does it sound like it, right? All that being said, I find it fascinating that here we are in the 21st century with Israel having been gathered from all the nations to which she was scattered, which I consider it the greatest Bible prophecy fulfillment in my lifetime. And I wasn't alive. I had five years before I was alive. But in my time period, my generation, and the focal point of the world is on the concern that Iran will acquire a nuclear bomb. Isn't that amazing? How did he know 24 centuries ago that this landmass, this people, this area would be involved in preparing to take Israel off the map as we just read? And we also know that Russia has consistently provided arms to Iran and has engaged in other reciprocal nefarious terrorist activities with them, revealing the kind of camaraderie Ezekiel predicted. We're there. Isn't it amazing? Bible prophecy is amazing. And in case you're wondering, Ezekiel 38 predicts has never, ever, ever happened in history. And let me throw out one more little nugget. This is not the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon is totally different players with totally different results. This might be a prelude to Armageddon. It might be the fuse to Armageddon. But you know what I see it as? The final jihad. Because every one of these nations are rapidly Islamic, anti-Israel, and anti-Semitic. And this will be the final jihad to take Israel off the map. And God himself is going to blast it away and bring this war to an end. Say, Jeff, do you really believe this? Well, of course I believe it. I mean, the Bible is very, very clear. Now, here's the bottom line. Someday in the near future, the world is going to wake up to the news that a vast invasion of Israel is underway. The invaders will be comprised of a large confederacy of primarily Islamic, Israel-hating, anti-Semitic nations in league with Russia. This war will be unlike any other war in history. It will unleash a series of irreversible events that will change the world forever. It will be spectacularly ended by the intervention of Almighty God himself. I'm going to read that again in case you missed it. It will be spectacularly ended by the intervention of Almighty God. Jeff, you said nuclear 
weaponry. The prophet said he has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. However the decimation happens to these invading armies, it's going to happen. God is not going to allow his people to be evaporated, annihilated, decimated by these Islamic armies along with Russia. He's not going to let it happen. Now, let's look at how Ezekiel describes the aftermath of this war. Let's just say this war happened in our lifetime. I think it very easily could because all the players are in place. And they're all Israel haters. And Russia is deeply involved with most of them right now. Ezekiel writes, after this war has been ended by this decimation, then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set on fire and burn the weapons, both shields, bucklers, bows and arrows, javelins and spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. They will not take wood from the field nor cut down any of the forest because they will make fires with the weapons, and they will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, says the Lord God. It will come to pass in that day that I will give Gog, that is Russia, a burial place there in Israel, the valley of those who pass by east of the sea, and it will obstruct travelers, because there they will bury Gog and all his multitude, therefore they will call it the valley of Haman Gog. For seven months the house of Israel will be burying them. Let me read that again. For seven months the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. Indeed, all the people of the land will be burying, and they will gain renown for it on the day that I am glorified, says the Lord God. They will set apart men regularly employed. Hey, I got a job. Hey, what's your job? Burying people from that war. And they'll be employed with the help of a search party to pass through the land and bury those bodies remaining on the ground in order to cleanse it. At the end of seven months, they will make a search. The search party will pass through the land. Watch this. When anyone sees a man's bone, he will set up a marker by it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Hamangog. The name of the city will also be Hamona. Thus they shall cleanse the land. Now, as I pointed out last time, this is the way that you would have to clean a land polluted with nuclear waste. Even a bone that had radioactivity on it, you would have to mark it and move on and let somebody come and bury it. That's what Ezekiel saw. Passersby won't be allowed to go beyond a certain point due to the radiation. Now, this is my conjecture. So if it's nuclear, they won't be allowed, because the Bible says they won't be allowed past a certain place. The passersby, travelers, even a bone of those killed will have a marker placed by it until it's buried. Ezekiel also predicts an awareness on the part of the Jews as well as the rest of the Gentile world that it was God who intervened on Israel's behalf. Watch this. He writes in verse 21, I will set my glory among the nations. All the nations shall see my judgment which I have executed. How many nations? All. Because everybody's going to have watched this, of course. And they're all going to come to a conclusion. God did this. All the nations will see my judgment, which I have executed, and my hand, which I have laid on them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. 
The Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity. Do you get this? That we Gentiles, all of us Gentiles over here in these Western nations, are all going to realize and have an understanding as to why the Jews were persecuted for 20 centuries, why the Holocaust, why they were treated like dirt all those centuries for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me, therefore I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of their enemies, and they all fell by the sword. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions, I have dealt with them and hidden my face from them. And all the Gentile nations are going to realize this. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. And I will be jealous for my holy name after they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness and wish they were unfaithful to me when they dwelt safely in their own land and no one made them afraid. When I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and I am hallowed in them in the sight of many nations, then they, the Jews, will know that I am the Lord their God who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land and left none of them captive any longer. So after this war, there is going to be a worldwide Jew and Gentile revelation that God's hand was involved in all of this. And then he says in verse 29, I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. But listen carefully to me now. This is all good and wonderful, and I rejoice in what we just read. That is the last part of it. I don't rejoice in war ever. I do rejoice that God protects Israel when she's attacked. And the day may very well come. You and I wake up, and this invasion is underway. Would you be surprised in light of everything going on in the world today? In light of the way nations have been turning against Israel, even our own, would you be surprised if we woke up and saw that a confederacy of nations had invaded the land of Israel? I wouldn't. If we do wake up and see it, get right with God. Because you're about to see some major, major stuff going on in our world. But now, after this, and after the cleanup, and after this worldwide revelation, there is still something that must happen. The prophet Jeremiah said something would come upon Israel called the time of Jacob's trouble. Well, isn't the Bible amazing in its prophetic accuracy? In fact, it's fulfilled Bible prophecy that provides one of the great proofs that it is indeed the Word of God. Now stay tuned, our announcer has some important information for you, including how you can obtain a copy of today's message or of the entire series, Israel, God's Timepiece. I look forward to being with you next time for part two of the message, The Coming Invasion of Israel. Now, here's our announcer. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. 
These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111, or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again, or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. The Coming Invasion of Israel is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series, Israel, God's Timepiece. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Israel, God's Timepiece, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.